Hello, and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Global Health. It's July 2023, and I'm Liam Messin. This month, I'm joined by Professor Rizwani Chowdhury, Head of Translational Research at Shifa University in Islamabad, Pakistan, and a consultant gynecologist at Medicare Rawalpindi, Pakistan, and Dr. Ian Roberts, Professor of Epidemiology at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. They are co-authors on a new study investigating the association between maternal anemia and postpartum hemorrhage in Pakistan, Nigeria, Tanzania, and Zambia, recently published with the Lancet Global Health. I began by asking Rizwani to give us an idea of the scale of these two problems. Just what is the global burden for both anemia and postpartum hemorrhage? All right. Thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, I think the problem is huge, but it is unrecognized because this problem mainly occurs in the lower and the middle income countries. And about half a billion women of reproductive age, they are suffering from anemia. And out of these, about 20 million are severely anemic. That means their hemoglobin is less than seven grams. Whereas every year, many women die. You all know that. And um, these women, they also belong to the lower and the middle income countries. And about 70,000 women die each year simply of postpartum hemorrhage. So this study is first of its kind, which has shown so many anemic women. And we have seen the relationship of anemic women with postpartum hemorrhage. And postpartum hemorrhage is one of the major killers in the world. Uh, the, uh, the maternity uh, killers, right? The maternal uh, mortality is extremely high because of postpartum hemorrhage. So uh, this is one of the major causes of postpartum hemorrhage, but it has never been addressed in the world as such. Uh, thank you very much. And that brings us in quite nicely into you know, your attempts uh, to address it. Now, this, the current work that you've published with us, this is a um, cohort analysis of some of the participants um, in the Woman 2 trial. Um, so maybe before we get into your work, the, you know, the specific paper you published with us, you could just take us through uh, the Woman 2 trial, uh, Rizwana. The Woman uh, 2 trial is an ongoing trial, right? And this is a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial. That is, we are testing only anemic women for prevention of postpartum hemorrhage with injection tranexamic acid. Before this, we did a very big study, which was the woman trial. And that study showed that tranexamic acid was very effective in the treatment of postpartum hemorrhage. And there were one third less deaths in the group of tranexamic acid as compared to the placebo group. So after this, we embarked upon this trial, and this is for the prevention of postpartum hemorrhage, right? So all these women who are being tested in this trial, they are all anemic women. So from this, we took out about, so this is a trial of about 15,000 patients. It is not completed yet, near to completion. And obviously the results would be displayed after that. But just before that, we did a cohort study, which has been published in Lancet. And in this, 10,600 and something patients were seen. Uh, since they are all anemic women, so the relationship was seen uh, of postpartum hemorrhage with anemia. And it opened our eyes, which I think Ian should be able to discuss better because there was a very definite relationship between anemia and the severity of anemia 
with postpartum hemorrhage. Uh, fantastic. I, I suppose we should see how well Ian is able uh, to describe it as you've set him up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that takes us nicely onto the current paper, you know, about this uh, cohort of uh, mothers with anemia. Um, so what precisely were you looking at and um, what did you find out? So in the trial, we, we measure hemoglobin just before the woman gives birth. And then we follow her carefully. We observe, observe the woman carefully for the next... Um, well, while she's in hospital, but particularly in the next 24 hours to see whether she has a postpartum hemorrhage or not. A postpartum hemorrhage, th there are different definitions. WHO has got a definition of greater than 500 mils blood loss. Because these are anemic women, we have another definition, which is like clinically significant PPH, which is maybe 500 mil blood loss. But in fact, any blood loss that compromises the woman's hemodynamic stability because anemic women can get into trouble with much less blood loss than non-anemic women. And then we also had a third measure where we sort of, an objective measure where we looked at, estimated how much bl blood the woman's lost from the change in hemoglobin before and after the delivery. So what we found is that women with moderate anemia had around 6% chance of PPH, but the risk increased to 11% if the, if the anemia was severe. And this was such a sort of steep stepwise relationship. In fact, every 10 gram per liter decrease in the amount of hemoglobin in the blood resulted in about a 25% increase in the chance of life-threatening bleeding. So it's a really big deal. It's a really steep relationship. Women with severe anemia were seven times more likely to die or nearly die, is what the WHO calls a near miss, than those with moderate anemia. So basically, you know, as Rizwana said, the worse the anemia, the closer, you know, the closer to death, really. It's like, uh, it's, it's a really important, dangerous risk factor, but totally unappreciated by PPH policymakers. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to ask a little bit about why this research question in particular. I mean, because it, it's, it's it, you know, from Rizwana's earlier answers and what you've said now, it seems almost like quite an obvious question to be asking, right? I mean, it doesn't, it's not, it's not necessarily the most surprising thing as a relationship to anemia and postpartum hemorrhage. Like, obviously, it's very important to, you know, state that quite clearly. But why have these populations, why has it been understood up until this point? I mean, Rizwana, in your answer, you said, you know, this is one of the major contributors to maternal mortality. We have. I believe you said, you know, half a billion individuals with anemia. So why why hasn't this been looked at till now, do you think? So uh, the thing is this, why hasn't this been? Uh, because no large studies on anemic patients have been done, although we've always known that anemia is one of the causes of postpartum hemorrhage. But whenever, in the, even in the textbooks, the main causes of postpartum hemorrhage, as written, anemia is never a part of that, right? Although we all knew in our hearts before this actual study came up that anemia does cause postpartum hemorrhage, or maybe the women who are anemic, they do fairly bad. That obviously is quite obvious because losing even a small amount of blood may be very large for them, right? But uh, somehow this problem has never been addressed by the WHO, by the lower-income uh, countries, where this problem of dying with anemia is huge, right? 
but it has never been discussed as such. In countries like ours, for instance, there are about 50% of the women who are coming to the neighborhood in the reproductive age. For their laboring patients, right, they are found to be anemic. And for countries like ours, it is a normal thing to have a hemoglobin of 9 or 9.5. And we also take it very lightly because we think that is that is actually a very good sort of an anemia, right? Although we've seen in these results that even mild anemia, but especially moderate to severe anemia is one of the major killers, right? So I think it's very, very important that the world opens its eyes towards this problem. And this may be, if you treat anemia during the reproductive age, especially in young girls who are having um, heavy menstrual cycle, they are not even seeking help because this anemia, you know, is more common in females because they have a cyclical bleeding every month and most of them have a very heavy period, but they don't seek help for that even. So this problem has really become huge because of this reason. And obviously in countries like ours, because of worm infestations, because of poor diet, because of the poverty, so the diet is not appropriate by pregnancy upon pregnancy and then lactation. So your sores are not built up when you are pregnant again. So, I mean, these problems are really huge in the world where the population is also very high and every woman has about four to five children and they breastfeed as well. So they obviously, so since this problem is mainly of the lower mid middle income countries, that is why I think it has not been addressed to the extent which it should have been. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that is depressingly quite true. I did want to, I, I want to go into some kind of policy impacts before Rizwana. Do you think your study will encourage more research in this area? Uh, me? I mean, who knew it even before that? But this has now been translated into a research, right? And now I think it is so important that all females who are going for labor, they must have an appropriate hemoglobin before they treat. How, how are we going to address that? I don't know really, but for every person... It's a, it's a huge task to do, a big challenge, and this should be done. Well, let's maybe see if Ian has any suggestions on how we can address it. So, Ian, what do you think your findings mean for, let's look, let's look, look, look across the kind of health spectrum. So what do you think it means for like patients, for healthcare workers, for medical staff? And also what do you think it means for like policymakers, you know, proper, you know, top level thinking? For patients, it's just, you know, it's danger. You're going to give birth and you've got a low hemoglobin. You're just facing an avoidable risk. You know, as as Rizwana said, obstetricians knew it, but when you see the shape of the relationship and that it's so clear, you know, it's like clearly stepwise, you, it really sort of brings it home. But the, the major implication, I think, is for policymakers. PPH is a big policy issue uh, for WHO and all the NGOs working on 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 in maternal health, and it should be because bleeding after childbirth kills one woman every six minutes. Now our data show that anemia greatly multiplies the risk of bleeding and the risk of bleeding to death. And there's half a million young women are anemic, twenty severely anemic, and in this 
PPH roadmap, the WHO acknowledged that anemia has been overlooked. Now that's that's quite astonishing that we could overlook such an important risk factor. So we need urgent changes in policy and practice. Up till now, the mainstay of postpartum hemorrhage prevention is giving drugs to contract the uterus. According to WHO, the failure of the uterus contract is the cause of, to contract is the cause of, they say, 70 to 80% of PPH cases. Where that estimate comes from, goodness knows. As far as I can tell, it's entirely based on the obstetrician's belief about the cause of bleeding. It's not based on any epidemiology. Now, our data show that anemia is a major cause of PPH. But in our, you know, we studied 10,000 women. We had over 740 cases of PPH, but not a single obstetrician cited anemia as the main cause of the PPH. So I think obstetricians, I think there's been a tendency in medical practice and policy to blame the uterus for PPH when they should be focused on preventing and treating anemia. Of course, it's not the first time that the uterus is complete. Yes. Yeah. I think there is a, there is a tendency, right? And I think if you're, if you're treating it right at the point of, it's already almost too late, right? I mean, we, we kind of time and time again, right? Kind of prevention is vastly superior to cure, right? And so I guess, uh, I guess the last question I have, uh, have for you, um, is what's next for your group? I mean, this is, you know, a very important finding. You've still got the woman two trial to conclude, but what's on the horizon? Well, Rizwana uh, has, has sort of, you know, as, as Rizwana explained, we believe that we need to prevent or treat anemia before women become pregnant. Anemia is, you know, a big problem in childbirth uh, because it increases the risk of bleeding to death, having a, a severe postpartum hemorrhage. But it's actually, it's a disaster th- throughout pregnancy because, it, you know, mothers... Infants of anemic mothers are more likely to be born premature, more likely to be born, you know, small, more likely to die in the first weeks after birth. So you have to stop women, you know, prevent anemia before pregnancy. And the main cause of anemia is iron deficiency. And in young women, iron stores depend more on menstrual blood loss than on dietary intake. So the the problem is that, you know, everywhere in the world, menstruation is, is a taboo. You know, people don't talk about it. So many women, you know, don't receive any effective care for, for their heavy menstrual bleeding. Uh, they don't receive any care at all. In, in, in most cases, they can't even talk about it. So we want to work on the prevention and treatment of heavy menstrual bleeding in young women. And because it goes like this, heavy menstrual bleeding is a major cause of anemia in young women. And anemia is a strong risk factor for the leading cause of death in in, in, in mothers. That means heavy menstrual bleeding is a, a major global health problem, but one that's not been properly appreciated. So that's what we're planning to get um to start working on next i think uh, we have to change the mindset of people that that's the most important thing i think which should come out of this the results of this trial because we never write that atony of the uterus or this problem of the uterus was due to anemia 
So we would write yeah, postpartum hemorrhage due to atonic uterus. But why the atonic uterus? Because of anemia, we never do it. So we need to change the mindset of everybody. The females themselves, they should know that they should not get pregnant till their anemia is corrected. Then the obstetricians, who should be very well versed with that, as I told you that even a hemoglobin of 9 grams, we take it lightly because in our country, everybody is anemic. You would, I mean, people would come in and they, we are very happy if they have a hemoglobin of 9, although that is also anemia, right? So we have to change the mindset after this article. And hopefully this work and future work like it will help change attitudes, opinions and ultimately outcomes towards you know, the very serious risk posed by maternal anemia. You can read their work now on thelancet.com. And I'd like to thank both of our interviewees and I'd like to thank you for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast any place you usually get your podcasts.